In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Let's try that again. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is and ever shall be. In the epistle and the gospel reading today, the word riches is mentioned, I think, um, maybe six times. And the word treasure another time. So, um, and I want you to just keep that in mind. What truly makes us rich? That's the question that needs to be answered. And I'm going to start by reading um, a couple of pages, actually, from St. Nikolai of Zicha. He, he paints a very beautiful picture of, um, of what it's like to be attached to riches. St. Nikolai of Zicha says, Imagine a great, proud galleon, that's a ship, striking a rock in mid-ocean and beginning to sink. What happens to those on board? One grabs a, sp uh, a spar and keeps himself afloat on it. Another grabs at a barrel and hangs on to it. A third succeeds in tying wineskins around his neck and swimming with them as water wings. A fourth jumps into the water with nothing and just swims. A fifth lowers a boat and sits in it and does not immediately take the oars and row, but loots as much as possible from the wrecked ship, from the wrecked ship stowing it all in the boat. Which of them is in the greatest danger? Which of them will perish in the greatest shame? And perish they all must. The one who seems the safest will perish in the greatest shame. The one in the boat who is standing to alongside the wrecked ship and transferring the goods from ship to boat. He is in the greatest danger. He will first load several sacks of flour into his boat. Then, seeing the crates of wine and brandy, he will begin to haul them on board. He will then begin to grab at clothes, covers, linen, woolens. I'll need these for clothing and bed linen, says he. Then looking carefully and seeing silver vessels and golden candlesticks, he will take them. See, here are barrels of oil, of salt, meat, and fish, with rice and various other vegetables. I'll need this. What will I do without that, says he. He will then notice boxes and bags of money and precious stones. All this must, of course, be tipped into the lifeboat. And how can he leave fine chairs, polished tables, or velvet couches when he can load them in? So he stows them on board. The boat gets fuller and fuller and lower and lower in the water. Then he remembers that he will need petrol and coal for fuel. He makes room for them. Look, there are some bookcases full of marvelous books. He'll need to read in the boat to pass the time till he reaches land. And here are pianos, violins, and other stringed instruments and flutes. They'll, they'll help pass the time. He stows them on board. The boat becomes more and more heavily laden and rides lower and lower in the water. That's enough, he says, and sits in the boat. But he remembers there are a great many other things that he could and should load on board. So he climbs back onto the sinking ship and takes them. And once again he tells himself it is enough and sits in the boat. But the vain desire for possessions once again urges him to transfer even more from ship to boat. 
At last the ship sinks and he rows off, grieving that he could not load up everything. He now begins slowly to row to land, but the water is up to the gunwale. If any of those who are in extremity attempts to climb into the boat, the man in it will kill him sooner than let him aboard. And so, overloading the boat with things, he overloads his soul with evil deeds. The wind blows and the waves beat. He begins to defend himself from the water, to bail the water out of the boat. When he sees that this is futile, he begins sadly to cast into the sea first the cheaper things, then those more and more precious. But he has already tired himself out loading everything up, and he has no strength left to lift them and throw them into the sea. The water in the end overcomes and swamps the laden boat and him with it. I mean, I imagine if you load a piano into a lifeboat, you're going to be pretty tired, right? So the lifeboat sinks and he sinks with it. St. Nikolai goes on to say, Such is the life and such is the end of the rich and covetous on the sea of this earthly life. They live with the false conviction that this world is a wrecked ship without captain, rudder, or helmsman. A wreck that sinks and breaks in pieces made use of only by those who grab as much as they can from it to carry to their boat. But in the midst of this covetous grabbing and emptying of the ship of life, the ship's captain appears, places his hand on the ship to show it as his, and says that the ship is not sinking, but that this only appears to be the case to the short-sighted and the ignorant who have spent just a short time in the ship. He has been on board from the very beginning, looking after the passengers. They change, but he stands concealed and guides the ship. He knows where the ship has come from and where it is going. He knows the way, and the sea does not frighten him. This captain is the Lord Jesus Christ. Gently but decisively, he goes down onto the waves and holds out his hand to those who are drowning. Those who have nothing in their hands but are swimming empty-handed are the first to respond to him and grab hold of his saving hand. But those who have loaded their boat to the gunwale find it the most difficult to respond to him because they are afraid that if they leave their boat and set off empty-handed to him over the waves, both they and he will be drowned. They do not have faith in him. They have greater confidence in their boat. Looking at them and reading their miserable souls and even more miserable faith in dead things, the Lord Jesus turns to those whom he has saved and says, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. The Lord frequently referred to such instances and made it clear on many occasions that his teaching applies to them. Today's gospel describes one such instance. That's the opening of St. Nikolai's 10-page homily on this gospel reading. It's beautiful, beautiful. And this gospel reading that we have today, a young man earnestly comes to Christ and asks the right question at the right time to the right person and gets the right answer and goes away sad because he was too attached to his goods. Christ, in Mark's gospel, it says that Jesus loved him and then told him, if you desire to follow me, sell all that you have, and then come follow me. 
But here he tells him, you lack one thing, sell all that you have, give to the poor, and come follow me. And Christ says it's, it's extraordinarily difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. But there are examples in the Old Testament of those who were able to do it. Abraham, Tobit, Job, okay? These were all rich people who, who used their goods for the glory of God. They were not overly attached to them, okay? And that's really the key. And St. Paul, in his epistle that we just read today, his epistle to the Ephesians, he says that God is rich in mercy. He doesn't say he's rich in stuff. He doesn't need any stuff. He's God. He's rich in mercy. Okay? And he has raised us up together with Christ to sit together with him in the heavenly places. To sit together, to be enthroned with him. When a king is enthroned, he has everything at his fingertips. What do you need if you are enthroned with Christ in heaven when you die? And St. Paul says, in the coming ages... God would show the exceeding riches of His grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. He would show us the exceeding riches of His grace, of His grace. So what do we have here? What do we have here? Christ says, you will... He says, He tells this young man, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. He's making him a promise. You will have treasure in heaven. What treasure will he have in heaven? Exceeding riches of God's grace. There it is. You see that? And as St. Nikolai says, only those who are swimming empty-handed can reach out to the captain. There's a joke about a man who's about to die and, and he was visited by an angel who said, you can bring one, th one thing with you uh, when you die to heaven. And so the man loads up a suitcase full of gold bricks, and he dies and he goes to the pearly gates, and St. Peter says, what do you have in the bag? What did you bring with you? What is your treasure? The man opens it up and it's gold bricks, and St. Peter says, pavement? <laughs> like what we think is valuable often is a little bit off we want to be when we ask God to bless somebody that doesn't mean we ask God to make somebody rich but it means we ask God to make them rich in grace rich in kindness rich in mercy and that whatever the person has before them, God will give them the strength and the courage and the fortitude to endure it with patience, right? And with joy, knowing that all things are sent for our salvation. St. Nikolai goes on to say in this homily that wealth is not evil in itself. 
as nothing that God has created is evil in itself, but men's bondage to riches, lands, and possessions is evil. It's our bondage towards it. Remember when the man in the lifeboat started beating people and keeping them out of his boat because there wasn't enough room for his stuff and for other people, right? His piano was more important than other people. Right? That's the problem. And as St. Nikolai said, he filled his soul with evil deeds. St. Nikolai also says that the destructive passions that riches empower and invoke are adultery, gluttony, drunkenness, miserliness, boastfulness, self-praise, vanity, pride, scornfulness, denigration of the poor, forgetfulness of God, and so on. This is what happens when we're too attached to our riches. And he says poverty has its temptations too. There is no virtue simply in being poor. Just as there is no virtue simply in being rich. But it's how you live your life and where you place your hope. But the rich are given the poor to take care of them. The poor are given the rich for their humility And St. Nikolai says material sacrifice is repaid in spiritual currency. Material sacrifice is repaid in spiritual currency. So the Lord gives a free choice to every man. There is no single man in the world before whom there are not two paths open. The way of salvation and the way of damnation, says St. Nikolai. The freedom of man consists in this. Riches can save a man and condemn him, just as poverty can save a man or can condemn him. The same is so with learning and ignorance, sickness and health. All depends on a man's choice. But Christ came to urge men to understanding, not to force them. He gave us free will and he says, If you will enter life, go and sell what you have. If you will enter life, then forgive and then your Father in heaven will forgive. But God desires that we all set out on the right path and that we all be saved. And He's opened the path to all of us. Our Lord, the captain of the ship, He is there right next to us with His hand outstretched. With His hand outstretched. And we really need to take a hard look at ourselves and see if we're too attached to our stuff. If we're too attached. And if we are, the church gives us plenty of solutions. Number one, fast. Number two, tithe. Number three, give alms. Number four, simply be kind. And give of yourself. And when you feel inconvenience, then you know it's a good time to give of yourself. So brothers and sisters, let us not weigh down our life raft with useless pleasures and things that will keep us away from God. Okay? Let us use what we have been given as good stewards and let us remember that all things are God's. Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down the Father of lights. We say this at the end of the liturgy. It's a quote from James chapter 2. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Everything we have 
has come from God and has not come of our own accord. And when we give thanks for that, then we will share it with those whom God brings into our lives. So, my prayer is that we will all get into the captainship that doesn't sink. Okay? And that we will lighten our lifeboats enough so that we will stay afloat on this sea and so that when the time comes, when we go to meet the Lord, we can be empty-handed and say, Lord, all that I have is Thine. My life is Yours. And here I am. Have mercy on me. To Christ our God, the captain of our ship, be glory, honor, and worship together with the Father and the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is in every